The Psalms are great psalms, songs of praise to God. And when you're down, like the first verse in this passage of Scripture says, Is anyone sad or troubled? We'll just have that on now. Is anyone among you in trouble? Um, anyone in trouble? Of course. I was reminded uh, as I came in, and Glenn and Elaine said they prayed for me, and I said, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And it goes on to say, not the preacher nor the deacon, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's a great song, and I'm reminded of that. Everyone needs prayer. Does anyone here not need prayer? I knew nobody would raise their hand. Uh, does anybody pray? You better raise your hand. Uh, not too many went up. Not too many hands went up. Do you believe in prayer? Wow, almost everybody. Now I can get them down fast. Uh, how many pray enough? Oh, where are the hands? Uh, yeah, we don't pray enough. If we really believe in prayer, then we'll try to pray a little more this year. A little, don't, doesn't that hit you every, every 1st of January? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to resolve to pray a little more. Yeah, we need to. Let's uh, see this passage. It's a wonderful passage of Scripture. Wonderful part of the Scriptures. And we've been in a wonderful book. James, uh, most of, of these messages I've had to here online because I was in Spain and, and get caught up on these wonderful messages we've had on the book of James. And you know, I was listening to some other messages this week, and the man was in James for a whole year. Can you imagine? Yeah, some of you say, no, I wouldn't want to go to that church, but he's a really good expositor, <laughs> good Bible expositor, Alistair Begg. But uh, I don't think he has to beg the people to hear him, but yeah, that's his name, Alistair Begg. So he was in the book of James for a whole year. And uh, in this passage that we're reading, I heard five messages on this passage. And I've only got 15 to 20 minutes. So <laughs> Teo always takes some of my time. But that's okay. He, he talked about Elijah, and that's part of the passage. So... Here we go, and I was going to say that Gary so kindly asked me when I was in Spain, and by the way, whoever thinks, uh, oh yeah, it was, uh, yeah, um, somebody said that they liked hot weather. Oh, Shannon, Shannon, yeah, Shannon should be called to Spain, I can assure you, because we had 40 degree weather practically the whole time we were there. It was yeah, wonderful. Uh, we'll never do that again. <laughs> we told our granddaughter, if you plan to get married, and she probably will, don't get married in the summer and expect us to come because we're not coming. It's really hot. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get at it. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. 
Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if any of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. What a tremendous passage, and we'll just keep that up there. And the first part is easy. Anybody in trouble? Pray. Anybody happy? Sing. Anybody sick? Call the elders of the church. Easy peasy. Not so easy. When it starts out saying, is anyone in trouble? This is, you're really having a bad day. Not a bad day, a bad week, a bad life. And uh, you're down. And the last thing you want is somebody to come and sing around you when you're like that. It says in the Proverbs, don't do that. If somebody's down, you don't go to them and say, hey, God is good, God is good all the time. Come on, get with it. It doesn't work. Anyone who's been depressed knows what I'm talking about. No, you need somebody who just be there with you for a while. And uh, just say they're praying for you. And just remind you of that. And you need to pray. When is it good to pray? Always good to pray. When you're happy, you pray by singing. You sing and praise God for, for the fact that you are happy. It's not wrong to be happy. I'm happy when the Blue Jays win and I'm sad when they lose. No big deal, you know. You can be happy and you can be sad. That's life. But this kind of thing is you're in trouble. You can't get out. Well, there is a way out. It's through prayer. And every one of us needs prayer. And you can shoot out a prayer request to the prayer wall. And I can guarantee you there are some of us older grandparents who get together on Zoom. We're the Zoomers. And we get together every Wednesday at 7.30 and we pray from 7.30 to 8.30. Paul Hoffman, is, he's enough of a techie that he gets us together on Zoom. It's good to have a brother like that. And so we just Zoom in there and we, we find out what's What's there to pray about on the prayer wall, on the missionary prayer requests? Anybody that, that has a prayer request, please, please send us your prayer request. You'll get prayed for. And then later in, in, in our lives, we pray. We need to pray more and more. It's not just the old people that have the time or they don't have anything to do anyway. I've never met seniors that are so busy. Sometimes you, you know, oh, I've got this appointment or that. And, and, uh, yeah, we keep busy, keep busy, but never too busy to pray. Always pray. And God wants his people to ask. Not like that chemistry teacher that Paul will know who I mean. He's the only one here who will know. But uh, there was a chemistry teacher in our day, and, and he said, for goodness sakes, class, ask. If you have a question you don't understand, ask. The first girl puts up her hand. And he says, how could you ask such a stupid question? No, God is not like that. God is not like that. 
<laughs> I think Paul knows who I mean. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> God never says, ask me. He never says, come to me, ask. And then says, how could you have asked such a stupid question? Surely you know better than that. No. If you need wisdom, James 1 Ask of God. He'll give it to you. If you need wisdom in a trial, you don't know why this is happening, what to do, ask God. And he won't put you down. And he won't look bad at you for what you're asking. So pray. And then if you're happy, sing. Uh, it's great to, to sing. And my grandkids, they, they're surprised. Everything that comes up, I have a song for it. Because I know so many songs. From all of my years, I've heard so many songs, Christian songs, uh, hymns, and, and I can just whip, rip off a, a song anytime. That doesn't mean I'm singing all the time, uh, even in spite of the, the song that says, um, you know, uh, what is it, blessed assurance, praising my Savior all the day long? Uh, we lie a lot when we sing those songs, don't we? We're not praising the Savior all the day long. But when you're happy, that's what you should do. Sing praises. When you're sick, you know what to do. Call the elders. They'll come and pray for you, anoint you with oil, and you're healed. Got a headache? Call the elders. No, please. The elders would be so busy. They're busy as it is. This is not so that whenever you're sick with anything, that you call the elders of the church. This is an extreme case. This is somebody who medicine can't help. You know that God is the healer. Jehovah, or Yahweh, Rapha, is one of his composite names, and it means God the healer. God heals. Does he heal today? Yes. Does he heal spectacularly? Yes, sometimes. Does he heal without medicine, without doctors? Sometimes he does. Mostly he heals with medicine and with doctors. We're so glad to have doctors. I've had lots of operations, and I sure am glad that I had them. And we're glad for doctors and for medicine. What would we do without them? But there are cases when medicine doesn't help. I remember a case in Spain of two ladies who were depressed. Nothing helped. Medicine didn't help. And yes, they asked for the elders of the church to come and pray for them. And we did just that. We as elders, three of us at that point, we took Sharon with us because they're ladies and that stands to reason. And we went and anointed her with oil and then the other one with oil. And yes, the Lord did raise them up. It was so obvious that God did what medicine couldn't do. Those ladies are faithful ladies today in the church over there. One of them is our son Chris's uh, mother-in-law. So, does it work? Of course it works. God said it would work. Now, you don't go to the elders and say, I've got this pain in my side. No, these are, these are cases that medicine can't help. If, they, if medicine helped, you'd go to the medicine, right? God is overall. Even then, we do pray for healing, even through medical means. Whenever somebody has a transplant, like Brian, who is with the Lord, Brian Martin, had ten, almost ten years of being alive because of lung transplants. 
Luke, we trust, will have many years ahead from his liver transplant. These are things that we know that God permits mankind to invent and to use, but he is the healer. And we pray that these things will, will have their effectiveness. We pray God will be on top of those doctors and nurses as they operate and care for these patients. We pray for healing. We pray for recovery. We pray for help against infections. We pray and we pray for peace for the family. We pray within all of these limitations that we have. But there are times when God does heal. How do I know that? My wife was healed twice. These are long stories that I'll have to reduce. In, in 1997, that's 25 years ago, for those of you who weren't even born yet, we were singing at Woodside Bible Chapel up on the stage, and Sharon had a, a brain hemorrhage right there on the stage. She walked off the stage and then started to, to not even see, and we rushed her off to Grand River, and, and there we were, desperate. We, we thought she was going, and uh, she didn't speak anymore. She didn't see, and we were around her. We, I mean a few of our children, uh, and I was there. I think Esther was there at that time. She was back on furlough, <laughs> and she had been taken for a, a CAT scan, and they came back with the verdict. There's been bleeding in her head. She heard that. She wasn't talking at all. And I had already given her into the Lord's hands thinking, that's it. She heard that and she said, get this, she's the one that spoke and said, we need to pray that God will stop the bleeding. Well, if that wasn't a prophetic word, I don't know what is. She had more faith than I did at that point. But I said, yes, we'll pray. And immediately we prayed that God would stop the bleeding. Did he stop the bleeding? Yes, he did. Did she have problems from then on to reabsorb the blood? Yes. She couldn't even walk more than this out of the hospital. <laughs> it was severe. When there's bleeding in the brain, it's severe. But what they did for her was give her morphine and all kinds of things to, to mitigate the, the pain, to lessen the pain. But they didn't operate. They did think there were more aneurysms that they would operate on. They found none. And yes, we believe that the Lord healed her. Because here she is 25 years later and she's got a good head on her shoulders. <laughs> a pretty head and a good head. So one of the doctors came in after and he said, because he had heard us talking about praying and so on. He came in and he said, we don't know if this was an act of God or a biological change. Well, duh, it certainly was a, a biological change, right? <laughs> it was that, but it was an act of God. At least he admitted that. We don't know if, we, if this was a biological change or an act of God. So um, I could say more on that. The other time she was healed, Oh, by the way, that was an occasion where we couldn't ask for the elders of the church to come. And uh, God does. He works miracles with or without uh, us. Uh, he just, he simply does. He's the healer. The other time was in Spain when she had the faith 
to believe. And she was reading a book, God Can Make It Happen. And she got practical with the Lord. And she uh, asked him to heal precancerous cysts in the neck of her uterus. And this was am amazing that the doctor, after she saw what she had seen before, she said, this is new. And she took another biopsy and got it an analyzed. And she phoned up, and I was on the phone, and she said, Mr. Fry, your wife is a brand new woman inside. Your wife is healed. That was a doctor. Always helps to have a confirmation from the doctor when there's a healing. And she said, I'll write this up if you want. I said, it's not necessary. Uh, but she, she would... Every time she saw my wife, here's the miracle lady, because she knew of the other occasion too. Who had the faith? My wife had the faith. I had the faith. We both were together on it. Um, at that point, we were up in the mountains. You couldn't ask for the elders of the church to come either. I'm saying, when you ask for the elders of the church to come, it's an extreme situation. It's something that you just, medicine can't help. It's something that you really believe the Lord wants to heal. And the elders aren't ma magicians. The oil isn't magic oil. It's not because of their faith. or because No, it's because we obey what the word of the Lord says. So I throw that out. And we've got to run on because we've got a little bit more to cover. We won't talk anymore about Elijah. But I'm thinking, Elijah, my, what a man of God. What would Elijah do today? He'd probably march into Parliament Hill and he'd probably say, you know, I have a problem with your laws. That law on abortion and that law on same-sex marriage and that law on euthanasia. And here you're, you're trying to get more medical assistance in dying even for the, for the mentally ill. What's wrong with you people? Is that what he'd say? I'm sure he would. There are a lot of things going on that Elijah wouldn't approve of, and nor do we. We need to pray. And Elijah was a man of prayer, but he was a man like you and me, a woman like you and me. He was a human being. And doesn't it warm your heart when you think of an Elijah who was way up there on the mountain, and then all of a sudden he was down in the dumps and saying, I want to die. There were different prophets like that. Jeremiah wanted to die. Job was also a prophet, and he wanted to die. I mean, looking at him, you'd say, yeah, why don't you die? Just like his wife said, why didn't you die? Just, you know. Hmm. Interesting, but there were people just like we are, and God wants us to be people of prayer. He wants us to come boldly before the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in our time of need. Are we in need? Yes. We were saying before, are we in trouble? Yes. I think we're in trouble. We've got lots of trouble. We've got lots of motives to pray for. When, when you see something on the prayer wall, don't you want to pray right away for that? I'm sure you do. We need to be brothers and sisters that pray for each other, that want the best for each other, there's so much to pray for, and I can hear the elders say, Amen, preach it, brother. The elders that we have at Wallenstein are men of prayer. They're godly men who look out for the well-being of the congregation. 
There are 11 of them. Three of them are full-time. As you know, Andreas looks after the managerial aspect. Wayne looks after the member care. And Gary, the teaching and the small groups. And they have way too much work to be doing another job besides. That's why they're full-time. But there are 11 elders. None of them are more than the other. They're a group, a team of elders. We're fortunate, Wallenstein Bible Chapel, we're fortunate to have the elders that we have. They didn't pay me for that, but I just said that. And I know that, that when, when they have a decision to make, they just don't sit around and say, well, what do you think? You think, oh, yeah, that's a good idea, and let's go with it. Everybody in favor say, hey, hey, uh, let's get out of, out of here. It's late. No. I'm sure they pray about it, and I'm sure they care about us as the flock. So we've got two verses. By the way, up until now, every verse has prayer or pray in it. This is quite the passage on prayer. Prayer is so important. Well, then why don't you pray more? Why don't you pray more? I'm not pointing because three would point at me. Why don't I pray more? Do I really believe in prayer? Why pray to God who knows all, the my, all of my requests before I make them? If he's all-powerful, he'll do what he needs to do. Prayer is a mystery. God asks us to pray, yet he knows the end from the beginning. God asks us to pray so that he can reward us you know, there are people in, in long-term care that their minds are fine, but they can't move, but they can pray. Their work is not over. I had an aunt like that. She was lying in bed. She had a map on the wall, and she went from country to country and prayed for all of those missionaries every day. Should she have gone to be with the Lord? No, not yet. We just lost two of our older sisters here. We need prayer warriors. Not that long ago, uh, Amy hooked up some, uh, some way to, to have seniors and young families participating in prayer together. I think that was a great idea. And I think we need to do far more of this. I've got two more minutes. I'm watching the clock, just as you are. So the last two verses, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. This is a backslider. How many of you know of some backslider? Come on, get those hands up. You know. I know you're thinking of somebody, but you don't want to put your hand up because somebody will look at, oh, I wonder who is in their life as a backslider. Uh, sorry for being so spontaneous. I guess that's part of my Spanish in me. And uh, so there are backsliders, and sometimes they look like non-believers. Some backsliders who knew the right way have gotten to look like an unbeliever. But it's like Sam Dalton, a black brother from, from the States, would say, 
Some believers are like raisins or prunes. There's fruit there, but they're all dried up. So there is some way that you can say, oh yeah, they're... Their name is in the book of life, but you wouldn't recognize that truth by looking at their life. We're not fruit inspectors. We're not to judge, but we are to pray. And pray for these people that we might bring them back. And if you're not a Christian today and you're here, I would say that maybe you're not, you're not sad, or maybe you're not happy, or maybe you're not sick physically, but you're dead spiritually. If that's your case, then you need to, to come to God and you need life. That's what you need. You don't just need a pat on the back, say everything will be fine. It won't be fine if you don't trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. You need to put your faith in Him and then start to walk with Him by faith. And then all this about prayer will make more sense to you. And if you'd like to talk to somebody, just come down here. Anyone who would like to pray can do that as well. What we're going to do now is to sing one more song, and then I'll come up to pray.